Hey missionaries, this is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Triple, and I am here as always with my partner. Hey, what's up? It's Vincent Williams. We got a very special presentation this week as Vincent and I are proud to present the first time I heard with Toya Haynes. Hey! And on this episode that we are bringing to you today on our feed, Toya sits down with Renee Brooks of the website Black Girl Lost Keys about the first time they heard Raphael Sadiq. Are you a Raphael Sadiq fan, uh, Vince? I am, I am. Of course, going back to Tony, Tony, Tony. You know, I think he's a great songwriter, great performer. I remember the first time I heard him, um, I guess it was Hey Little Walter. That may have been Tony, Tony, Tony's first single. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing this. Yeah, and I can't wait to check it out as well. Renee Brooks' website, Black Girl Lost Keys, is a website dedicated to black women with ADHD. So not only do they have a great conversation about Raphael Sadiq and review his career with Tony, Tony, Tony and his solo career as well, but they really get into a very interesting and very moving conversation about these two black women who suffer from ADHD. I I think this will give people a good sample of exactly what Toya has going on on the first time I heard. It's a really cool podcast. So enjoy. time I heard. I'm your host, Toya Haynes. And on this episode, I will be talking with Renee Brooks. Renee Brooks is the founder of a website called Black Girl Lost Keys, which is dedicated to Black women with ADHD. She's an ADHD coach. She's an author. She's a speaker. And she is a big fan of Raphael Sadiq. And that is who we are talking about on this episode of The First Time I Heard. The first time I heard Raphael Sadiq it was with his group, Tony, 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 which a lot of us were introduced to Raphael Sadiq through that group. And it was their single, Little Walter. And the reason why I remember this so distinctly is because my dad loved to sing that song and called me Little Walter from that point on. Hey, Little Walter. Hey, Little Walter. Hey. became one of no less than 15 nicknames my dad had for me and he loved walking around singing that song so yeah that song will always have a very special place in my heart i'll say that i became a fan of tony 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 however with another single off their first album for the love of love that song so much and it was also then that I truly fell in love 
with Raphael Sadiq's voice. Raphael Sadiq's voice is one of the many things about him that is very distinctive and just unlike any other. Something keeps calling me. I feel the burdens on me. Something keeps calling. He is a phenomenal musician, phenomenal producer. And I think that, you know, this conversation that I've heard for the past couple of years about is Raphael Sadiq underrated. You might say I can never love again. Well, you might be right. At least tonight. My friends say I can never pull it together. Well, they might be right. I'm still kind of on the fence about because I don't think he would be on a show like Unsung, but I think the depth and the the width of what he's contributed to music for the past, we're almost going on 30 years, has not been as widely recognized, maybe as it should. I mean, we're talking about someone that has had hits and just given us so many great memories through his music in so many different stages of of music. And not too many people can say that. And not just with his music with Tony Tony Tone and um, his music as a solo artist, but what he's been able to contribute to music through his work with other artists like D'Angelo and Solange and Mary J. Blige and Joss Stone and Total. I mean wow he's just he's just phenomenal and i'm so glad that he's just kept going and kept going so i feel sadiq is one of my favorite entertainers favorite singers favorite songwriters and i'm truly truly grateful for him being a part of my life soundtrack excited about this particular guest because Renee Brooks is an author, she is an ADHD coach, and she is the founder of Black Girl Lost Keys, which is a site for Black women with ADHD. Now, I I have ADHD, um, and so Renee has been very helpful in my very late diagnosis and in my journey and just learning how to learn and unlearn and she, I mean, not just me, she's helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. So I'm very grateful for her. I'm very grateful for her journey and her work. And not only is she just fantastic in that way, but she is a huge Raphael Sadiq fan. And that's why she's here on the first time I heard. Hey, Renee. Hey, Toya. I'm so glad to be here. After, <laughs> after all the mishaps, we're here. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a while. We really have been. Since you started it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I really want to do it. Was it you? I think I did tell you about it because I was driving home late one night. I couldn't mm-hmm. even tell you from where. And I was like, why don't we imagine that we're recording an episode of the first time I heard it? <laughs> 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 That'd keep you awake. 
That's perfect. I love that. Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you the question that I ask every guest right off the bat. And that is, can you tell me about the first time you heard Raphael Sadiq? So I was debating with myself about this and I was so young in the early 90s that I couldn't specifically remember the first time I heard it. My grandparents owned a bar. And when I was growing up, we lived, my mother and I lived in an apartment over the bar. It must have been 1990 when It Feels Good came out. It feels good. Yeah. It feels good. And of course, you know, in every bar, there's a jukebox. So they would be down there partying. And I can remember It Feels Good would come on and I would hop out of bed. And lean down and press my ear to the carpet so that I can hear my song. (laughs) That is the coolest story. Like, I could totally visualize that. That's dope. Oh, my God. Me and my little self. And, you know, ADHD, you can't stay in bed. (laughs) Even then, I could not stay my behind in bed. So I would be up and listening to that music and hoping that my mom wouldn't come in and catch me. That was a theme that continued on in my life with me and music I wasn't supposed to be listening to. That's another story. When I was a teenager, they sold the bar and I got all the music that was in the jukebox. So I actually have that copy of the CDs that were, were changing through there. So I have the music that I was listening to through the floor. It wasn't until we were talking about it that I realized, like, you know, it is actually the cd not just a copy of it yeah the copy you were literally listening to at five that is beautiful i love that so much that's amazing like i remember that record that was off the second tony 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 record so that was the revival and all i remember i remember that video you remember that video they was partying that party was ridiculous like that video was so vibrant and I remember how thinking like this is a for real for real band like before then with with the first record that they had they were really established I felt like more of a vocal group you know but once we got to see them as a band and during that time vocal groups outnumbered bands by a long shot so if we're talking bands, I mean, I don't even think we had, we didn't have mint condition yet. We knew, we knew bands. We knew it was friend Ooh. of fire. We knew, I, I mean, we knew Lakeside. We knew SOS band, of course. We knew, you know, yes. but like as far, we're now. We had Gap like, Band, but we didn't have a band in yeah. our, our, in our. Right. We had the Isley Brothers. We had, you know, but we didn't have our bands, like our generation doing bands. And so that was really exciting. That. The revival they came and they kicked it. It was a revival. The video was a revival. They were in there like they were having like a music praise and worship <laughs> jump up and down. It looked like Raphael was doing flips around the piano. Like what were they doing in there? I was like, what? I, whatever they are doing, they are having so much fun, and I want to be so there. So much fun in the "It Feels Good" video. It's funny that you mentioned church because you know it's like a lot of artists around that time grew up in church grew up playing in church of course they grew up playing yes. in church and also the theme remember the theme for house party when it's like i don't know what you come to do remember that and they were in the very call and response very response
So my mom's family is is Catholic, and you know they don't boogie, but the Pentecostals do <laughs> on my father's side of the family. So they they will tune something up mm-hmm. and get the get the shuffling. So that mm-hmm. that was my stuff. They did that really well. They have a couple songs like that outside of the singles, but that's a yeah. very heavy influence in that. My <laughs> one of my favorite lyrics of all time is in thinking of you. says you make me want to call America's most wanted because you're most wanted you're in most my life. He was like, I'm gonna call the police and put out an APB and try to find you. Where are you at? In my life. I just, oh my gosh. Do you remember the first Raphael Sadiq or Tony Tony Tone record that you bought? The first one that I bought was Instant Vintage. I was in college when Instant Vintage came out. It was like my first freshman year of college yeah because everybody look i saw all the other ones from the jukebox but <laughs> there, there was an extensive collection in there I would be clear. Those, I you inherited those you inherited those yeah i did like and you know what it's funny when you have an artist like that that spans like your entire age so like when i think of thinking of you i took my first trip down south to um Myrtle Beach and it had just come out and you know how it is when a song hits the radio so it just played and played and played I never hear that song without thinking about being on the road headed to South Carolina or ask of you when I hear that there was a a pizza place in Gettysburg that my mom and I would like we Lived in Carlisle, so it was maybe about a 35, 40 minute drive. We would drive over to this pizza place. And as soon as she got in there, we knew she was going to the jukebox and putting ass in you on. Kissing you is not enough for me. You know, I'm a big boy, and big boys have desires. Making love. Ask of you did so much. To me, it, it almost redeems higher learning. <laughs> Like, it's funny because I think about the part where he says, I really love you, I love you, Deja. And I was like, oh, Deja from Higher Learning. So unfortunate what happened to her. That movie was so unfortunate. Like, that's one of those movies that you were like, I saw it. I don't need to watch it again. You know, I actually know someone who is named Deja because of that song. Uh Oh, okay. I mean, it's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. Deja's a beautiful name. It's a beautiful name. But that movie is so tragic. That movie is so... So tragic, so tragic. But the soundtrack for Higher Learning Woo! includes which Raphael Sadiq after he left Tony Tony Tone. All I ask of you is just a beautiful song. He has some other soundtrack songs too, besides we talked about House Party. Uh Boys in the Hood, which is a Tony just Tony. I love most about 
about being at the concert because it didn't just feel like a con- it didn't just feel like a Raphael Sadiq concert. Yeah, it was like this is the concert of my life. Of like, my life. You say, you know, I really want you. I feel like you can make me happy. The last concert that I went to in 2020 before the world shut down was with Renee. It was the first time we met in person, right? Yes. Yes. And we were able to go see Raphael Sadiq together at the Fillmore in Philadelphia. There, there's artists that you think, I don't remember my life without mm-hmm. this artist in it. Yeah. And that he's one of them. We were front row center. Had we been any closer, we'd have been on the stage. Listen, and if we could have gotten away with it, we certainly would have tried. It really couldn't have been more perfect. It was such a beautiful moment. It was right around Valentine's Day. These are the songs that you want to hear around Valentine's Day. And just to be able to hear, like you said, the songs of your life, you know, and what's so amazing about his career as a whole is that he has given us songs that he could play the the guitar lick, just an opening guitar lick, and we would go crazy because we knew what those songs were when he played like the first 10 seconds of untitled and the shut the entire Fillmore down shut it down shut it down I mean and that's that speaks a lot about his influence I mean we can talk about his songs we could talk about Tony Tony Tone songs but He's also, you know, written with D'Angelo. Um, side note, can we just talk about Be Here? You should be, you should be here with me, babe. You should be here with me, babe. You should be the record and talk about be here for a second do you remember the first time you saw that video i do with them just chilling like like two two uncles in the middle of the afternoon with nothing to do chilling at the hotel cigarette hanging out the edge of their mouth it was just like it was just so chill and i was like man what do i gotta do to hang out with these two for the afternoon like I'm going to just sit down in the parking lot and just let them play. Like, let them do their thing. Yeah, and that was the video. They had all these just beautiful sisters riding up in their cars and they just listened to them sing this song. Like I said, you can talk about his influence as far as Tony Tony Tone and his solo career. However, he wrote on Lady for D'Angelo. He did phenomenal work on Solange's Seat at the Table, which is... For, I think for our generation and even the generation after us is like a time capsule album. I tried to drink it away. I tried to put one in the air. I tried to dance it away. I tried to change it with my hair. I am a credit card below. His influence is just incredible. And if you remember at the concert, he said, um, people ask me if I'm underrated or if I feel I'm underrated or people say I'm underrated, but it depends on who you ask. How do you feel? Do you feel that, that Raphael Sadiq's underrated? 
how could he be? Mm. Like, I don't think, you know what? I think within the context of the people who listen to the type of music he makes, everyone knows exactly who he is and what he has done for the genre. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anyone who listens to his brand of R&B who doesn't know who he is and doesn't that like, you know what he's even he's managed to transcend just the r&b now like you know you we never think it's mainstream until white people like it but there's no white people who don't know who Raphael sadiq is at this point so i would say in our age group in our age group, in our age group, yeah like he like he's at, at the point now where he's making albums that we'd be like is anybody but the white people listening to this (laughs) What do you mean? By that? Just playing. Are you I'm okay? Okay, so you mean like because he okay? Jimmy Lee was definitely highly acclaimed. Why I didn't get a Grammy nom? I just we're not gonna talk about that. The Grammys don't they don't they don't they do what they they do whatever they want to do. They do whatever but they want to do. But like was, at this point, like he can't make anything without getting nominated for something, and we're not the ones who do the nominating so often. Yeah. So do I think I think he is a phenomenon to us and to to them as well. So no, I don't mm. think he's underrated. Mm. Is he the guy you see in, in every video on every screen? No, but I don't think he would want to be that. Like that doesn't wow. even strike. He's not that kind of person. Like he, he strikes me as the person who feels best behind the boards mm. or off strumming on the guitar somewhere. Like I don't think his desire is to be out in the front all the time his career as an artist has been what I think is a very beautiful and tameable career meaning you know he can go to a coffee shop he could go walk around he can go and he's he has a very his voice to me his look and his face is just as distinctive and original as his voice is you know like he just there is nobody else's voice like no one that sounds like Raphael Sadiq no one that looks like Raphael Sadiq so if you know who he is you definitely know who he is if you hear him you definitely know who that is but he has been able to have such a beautiful career where he can still you know be himself and walk around but still be one of the most impactful musicians in in R&B for sure got to find you the interview where he talks about writing whatever you want and he 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 says during the course of the interview that he's a lazy songwriter talking about him and his brothers snatching songwriting credits from each other mm. so he wrote whatever you want Dwayne took credit for it 
<laughs> and he's like, that phone number. He's like, he stole the song. He told me I wasn't going to get the credit, the credit for whatever you want. He said, that's my phone number. I keep telling you all I songs. So wait, so the part where he says, just as sure as my name is Dwayne, was it just as sure as my name is Ray Ray? Was that the original? No, it was Dwayne. <laughs> It was Dwayne. He wrote it for him. I can't. I cannot. Because Dwayne sings it, but he wrote it. Good grief. That call 632-2135. That's his <laughs> phone number. <laughs> it he was. Said- oh my gosh. That's incredible. I never knew that. Because I mean Raphael Sadiq was really the lead. And then you had other songs like Slow Wine. Which- oh. You know the one thing that we're missing. Please, girl, pay attention. You see, I'd rather show than tell. Now you, you gotta lift up my emotions. But slow plus a four-letter word is the one thing on my mind. My stepdaughter, I know she, like, between Sade and Sons of Soul, I feel like that's all that poor child got to listen to. Like, I I just wore them out like they were brand new. And I know she was like, who is Tony, Tony, Tony? Don't worry, <laughs> baby. Uh, Slow Wine is just, oh, that whole album is all the way down the cast. Lears, look, and he was playing so many different B-sides at that concert. I was like, is he going to break into it? What he gave us at that concert was just, it was phenomenal. But yeah, let's talk, let's talk about Sons of Soul for a second. So Sons of Soul came out after the revival, opening with If I Had No Loop. And you can do Jack Swing on my next. And if the shoe fits, then my ex-girlfriend is a such a good song. Respect this. This song is magnificent, though. Every bit of that. He meant every bit of that. And then came he around with. They said it. They said it. He didn't they say said it. it. He didn't say his ex girlfriend was. They said it. He said, and he said album. he didn't believe it. They tried to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop playing. But it's true. That's what the song said. Shoot. Lay your head on my pillow. Lay your head on my pillow. There is a part. It's like the last minute and a half of it where he, that breakdown, that bass is doing everything it needs to be doing. Throwback to Lay Lady Lay, like just Lay Lady Lay. Yes. That's a song that just rides and rides and rides. And if he did it live, he could do it for 20 minutes. And I would, oh my God. I would listen. be so happy. I look, I was waiting. I was like, is he going to do it? He's doing the Tony, Tony, Tony stuff. Is he going to do it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, he's not going to do it. Thank God. Because I'd lose the last little bit of my my natural mind here in this film morning night. And I need to take some <laughs> of home. When you have a catalog like his, I think it is difficult to, number one, please everyone. Yes. To do all of your hits from top to bottom. Because when we saw him in concert, he gave us certain songs. He gave us full songs. Certain songs, he gave us snippets. 
Exactly. And you know what? I'll tell you for what he did. I was grateful because I didn't think he was going to do any Tony, Tony, Tony at all. Hmm, why so? Uh, no particular reason. I just figured, you know, it's his concert. I don't know. Like, you know, you figure he hasn't been in that group for a million years. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure the circumstances mm-hmm. involved with him leaving because he left. You know, he left. He went back. He left. Like, who knows? Like, they replaced him with some some other person. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, <laughs> you can't replace him. It's like, I'm not saying they had to stop touring. I'm just saying... Who were they really going to be able to replace them with? Do you think they would ever get back together? They did. They came back. What was it? Last year or the year before, they did a concert in Compton. And I almost cried. It was the original lineup. So it was Timothy, the cousin, Dwayne Wiggins, his brother, and Raphael Sadiq. I just, I hope they get back together. Dwayne. I need them to. We all need them to. We all need them to. Like 2020, 2020, 2020. Now I'm calling it 2020, 2020. We're talking about Tony, Tony, Tony. Because it's been the longest year ever. So it's really been about 2020. It has been 2020 has done it again. After everything we've been through this year, I feel like that would be nice if they could just manage that for us. Like, you don't even got to give me another album if you could just get together and tour. Touch me the way you touch me with the hand. Say la 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 la. Now Lucy Pearl was Dawn from Invoke, Ali Shahid from Tribe Called Quest, and Raphael Sadiq. They had a trio, and I mean, it was it was incredible. It was definitely unexpected, and who like couldn't stay with nobody like. Dance Tonight was such a big record and it was so great to hear her voice again because Dawn, that, you know, Raphael Sadiq left Tony, Tony, Tone. Dawn left in Vogue. So we wanted to hear, we wanted to hear from both of them and it was short-lived, but what we got, we got Dance Tonight and that was such a good record. I sliding through the party, dancing, and she's just having the best time ever. She can't control it. She doesn't know how. (laughs) You better go on with these lyrics. (laughs) I'm telling you, like, you're just like, damn, like, I can really get into that. I think that's probably why I love him so much, because I'm a writer, and I love lyrics, and his lyrics are so lush and vibrant and you can see what he's talking about like stevie stevie wondered like sometimes i really wonder if he's never ever been able to see like stop playing with with this imagery side note stevie does talk about seeing things a lot i see us in the park yes just just i'm not saying he's lying but he (laughs) i'm not saying that i just I just i just think he can see a little bit like, you know what? Like, okay, right? Like, all joke, like, 
we've had a bad year, right? Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine? Like, there's been all these exposés. Could you imagine if there was an expose <laughs> that Stevie Wonder could really see? Like, how dangerous it all be? <laughs> like, we would never recover. Like, America would never recover if we found out Stevie really could see and he'd been lying to us all those years. Like, that would just be, that would be how the world ends. I've I've always wanted them to do something together. I think it'd be fantastic if Raphael Sadiq worked with Stevie Wonder, but they haven't. But he has worked with one of his big heroes, Maurice White, legendary founder of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and they did a song yes. "Show Me the Way," which is so good. See, I don't wanna come off too confident. I travel many roads, but not. Quite as smooth as this Cause you Are picturesque like the morning sun So close I think I can't touch you Yet the distance is a while And I Am open wide and vulnerable Wherever you want to take me Girl, I'm so down to go just show me, yeah. I'm just over here. I'm like, when we get off this phone, I'm gonna have to have a whole concert on my living room. Um, one thing that I've done during COVID is I have what I call Couchella. Yes! So <laughs> we have some really big screen TVs in our house, and for Couchella, I have made just a night of being on my couch because I miss live music so much, and just pulling up concert videos on YouTube. Oh my God, yes. It's a good time. So I've pulled up, of course, Earth, Wind & Fire. I've pulled up New Edition. I found like a really rare New Edition concert like over an hour. And of course I've pulled up Raphael Sadiq in concert, which is really good. Now he does have the live album that he did. Yes. Which is so, so good. And if you've never seen him, like, of course, there's Live in Paris. That's the album that he did, which has songs like Love That Girl. And he did a couple of Lucy Pearl clips, 100 Yard Dash, like so many really great songs. If you've never seen him in concert, please give yourself the Coachella experience and pull up some YouTube videos and watch my concert. that I felt like was of my generation that also my father enjoyed. You don't know how I begged and pleaded with my mother to come. I was like, no, you, like, I'm going to see him. Like, no, really, like, no, like, the tickets are not that much, mom. Like, come mm-hmm. on. And, like, my mom was still, like, late 20s, early 30s when a lot of this was, when a lot of this music was being released. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, this is still her generation, too. Right. So I'm like, you uh, you sure you don't want to come, sis? I could not. I couldn't get her out. And you can bring your cool mom to a Raphael Sadiq show. Thank you for sure. 
even the songs that he did, like Anniversary, those are still songs oh. our parents know. Like our parents know and love those songs like they're their own. And he has just been an artist that's just transcended generations. There aren't a lot of people that can say they've been able to do that, like Raphael Sonica. Not at all. If you can, can you? I don't like to ask people their favorite song of an artist because sometimes that's really difficult. So if you do have a yeah. very, you have a favorite, let me know the favorite. But I will say, I will ask you if you have top three favorite Raphael Sadiq songs, and you can even dip into Tony Tony Tone's catalog if you want. You know what? I can't eliminate anniversary. Like even though it was such, like I usually stray away from the commercial successes when I talk about my favorites, but that album version of mm. it with that long 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 outro oh yeah like that 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 amazing amazing yeah it's beautiful so that's that's in the top still ray mm. is always going to be one of my favorites i'm coming home to you where something see through so I can see your heart for night can never come soon enough for me I watch the sky all day night is where I find um, and sky can you feel me I was so happy that he sang it at the concert oh my god gears and we're going to talk about Black Girl Lost Keys. Renee, please talk about what exactly is Black Girl Lost Keys. So when I was 25 years old, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And for me, I don't know if every Black person feels this way, but for me, whenever I have something that I'm experiencing, I want to know what Black people who are experiencing it are going through and what it looks like for us. And so as I was looking for what the Black experience of ADHD was like, because of course, you know, we're still in a community that's by and large skeptical of the diagnosis. So I thought, good, I can go find out what Black people think. And there was nothing. And because there wasn't anything there, I was like, well, somebody got to write it. <laughs> I'm a writer. Yeah. Like, let's let's create a conversation because somebody else, if I'm Googling it, somebody else is too and maybe they won't feel so alone if they can find something and um i found a lot of people um, and i'm really grateful like we met like toya and i met because of um kaleidoscope society which is a website and a tremendous resource for women with adhd 
And I have a couple articles on the website that I've written for Exactly. Her. Don't sleep on Toya. She got, she's got skill with a pen. Oh, thank you. My diagnosis story is, is up there right now. Tell me why the name of the website is Black Girl Lost Keys. And what does that have to do with ADHD? So people with ADHD misplace objects. So mm-hmm. do you remember the, the book Black Girl Lost? Yeah. So that's it. Like I was, when I was thinking, I was like, oh, okay. about Black Girl Lost. And I was like, yeah, but I'm Black Girl Lost Keys. And I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Seriously, like nobody never. ever. I never, made, I never made that correlation. That's really cool. Nobody ever catches it, but that's where it came from. Yeah, because if you're looking for what it is that you do, if you're looking, if you're researching ADHD and you see Black Girl Lost Keys, you're like, oh, that's me. That's, that's, this is where I belong. So you're going to really make the connection first with the losing of the keys continuously before you think Black Girl Lost the book. And this is a play on that. Yeah. That makes all the sense in the world. But that's where it came from. Nobody ever asked me. Thank you. One aspect I would like to talk about, because break it down, Black Girl Lost Keys, um, within the Black community, of course, things like ADHD and mental health, or they're just starting to really, you know, become talked about more, but especially ADHD is something that we still have a long way to go. But mm-hmm. as far as let's talk about girls having ADHD, that's still a sector of people that are affected that don't really get the attention or even the diagnosis that they need. Can you talk to me about that? So women and girls are the fastest growing demographic of new people being diagnosed because so much of the research was centered around little white boys. And so the the way that ADHD presents in women and in people who have been socialized as women is different. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason than like women are supposed are raised to be caretakers, nurturers, and keep records and keep a home clean. And all of that requires executive function, which is, you know, what helps you be on time, what helps you to stay organized, what helps you to keep your, the things that help you keep your life running are the things that people with ADHD have a deficit of. And because of that, you've got this whole generation of women who've kind of been left behind right? and they're starting to get diagnosed when their children are being diagnosed or in the case of my mom, my mom was diagnosed with ADHD a year and a half ago. Mm, okay. Because her child got diagnosed with ADHD and nagged her for three years after she got diagnosed. And then by the time I finally left her alone, she decided it was worth looking into. So don't nag your mom about getting diagnosed with ADHD listeners. <laughs> you, you'll be delaying her progress. Yeah. Because it's harder for older generation people to, to even seek counseling when it comes to mental health in general, because it's like, I've been doing it this long. You shouldn't have to white knuckle your way through life. Mm, that's so good. There's yeah. also, especially as women, as black women, it's you do what you have to do. You get through it. You do what you have to do, whether it's self-medicating, whether it's, you know, being strong in one area, but feeling like you're falling apart in another area because you have something that's undiagnosed and you don't know what the issue is. Teach people to expect struggle. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with like, there are struggles that we should expect, but life in general is not supposed to be about struggle and pain. Like we're supposed to be able to thrive, especially when like we work our tails off to thrive 
And when you're not, it's very defeating. It is. It is. Interestingly enough, you know, we talked about Raphael Sadiq and his work with Solange in the seat at the table. And Solange has said that she's been diagnosed with ADHD twice. And, you know, that's my girl. I love Solange. That's Mm -hmm. my girl. And even the record that came out after that, I remember people (laughs) saying that she didn't really love, they didn't really love that record. And I was like, that is an, that's an ADHD dream record. Solange's record, (laughs) when I get home, I, and I, I mean, I mean this with every, everything in me, when I have to work and concentrate, that is the album I put on. I don't know if it's the repetition of certain things. I don't know what it is, but there's not a lot of music I can work to and pay attention. I don't know if you have to have ADHD to get that record, but when I tell you, you know, it's interesting how we don't, we don't let our artists play anymore. Like the last Childish Gambino album that he did. Oh, three fifteen twenty. Thank you. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was different. And lots of people were like, it's so overproduced. And I'm like, if we don't let our artists experiment, they can't give us anything unique. Like you have to let them go out and play. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. And it's good for them. It's something that they need to do a lot of times. And I think we don't take that into consideration. Speaking of, you know, Solange and um, Will I Am, he says he has ADHD, Adam yes. Levine, Justin Timberlake. Why do you think so many creatives can relate to having an attention deficit disorder? We, we normalize it because we're, to a certain extent, like, I'm not known for it publicly, but in my early life, like I was an award-winning poet. So I was a poet. Mm-hmm. I, I write short stories. I do all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, I'm like this because I'm artsy. Oh, so wow. it's almost oh. like it's the stereotypical artist shtick. There's a reason for that. Like, I, I believe that our, our brains, because we think out of the box, we see and observe things. Because that's the thing. People think it's a deficit of attention. It's not just that. It's also a hyper focus mm-hmm. where you're able to zoom in on different things. And when you're like, you're able to look at something and pay attention to what you're trying to pay attention to. We don't have those same filters in our minds. So we are taking in so much more information than the average person is taking in. And when you take in that much information, you're able to pick bits out. Right. Like. We can talk like we're talking right now. Somewhere there is a noise in my apartment that I have never heard before that I can hear just as loud as I can hear you, even though volume wise, it is not loud. Right. It's not a loud. If you know what? It's the clock. I've never noticed that that clock ticks, but <laughs> just right now, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm having a whole conversation and all I can hear is. T- and I'm like, where? Where's it coming from? I don't even have real clocks in here. I don't even like within my home, there's very few timekeeping devices because it's my home. I don't keep things that make me uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 me and time aren't the best of friends, but right. in my bathroom, I have an analog clock because for time blindness, it can be helpful for you to be able to see the passage of time. You can't get that from a digital clock. So mm-hmm. Now I'm going to be, have to be cognizant that, you know, like my plan was to put an analog clock in every room. And I'm like, not without, not without. Can you explain what time blindness is? So time blindness is a difficulty with you being able to tell how much 
time has passed. So to me, five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, they all feel the same. So yeah. that, that, that thing that someone has where it's like, I'll call you back in five minutes. I might call you back in five minutes. I might call you back in five days. I might call you back in five years. <laughs> okay. It might not be that extreme <laughs> or... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know for me, okay, so I have time blindness and everybody that knows me and is expecting me to be someplace say, no, for real? Yes, I do. And because <laughs> I have ADHD. And yes. so five minutes and 20 minutes are very similar. Or you think, really, you think it takes you five minutes to do something. Yes. When in reality, it takes you 20 minutes to do something. It's this estimating very time is very, very difficult. And especially, like, I think partially because we don't know how it feels to begin with. And then add in the fact that you've got executive function that doesn't necessarily help you break the tasks down easily. Mm -hmm. So it's like this compounded problem that we're like, girl, I just be like, look, I'm making it up as I go along. Just let me. (laughs) It'll be good when it's done. I promise. Just watch. (laughs) Like. Some days I get it perfectly. Some days it ain't so perfect, but it, it usually yeah. winds up all right in the end. For anyone that is struggling, if there's anyone's like on the fence about whether to get diagnosed or whether to seek help, what would you say to them? You owe it to yourself to talk to the doctor. Like, I am not the same person I was 10 years ago before I got diagnosed. And in the best way, I am a better person because Mm. I consistently pursued and it wasn't even that I was looking for an ADHD diagnosis I was looking for an answer to why am I never successful at what I'm trying to do despite the fact that I'm putting every ounce of effort I can into it Mm. and why am I not happy that is what I was on a quest to find it just so happened that that was the solution So keep looking for a solution to your problem if you're unhappy. That's excellent. That's very similar to my journey. And and one thing that I always tell people is that you deserve to see yourself win. Um, Please get the help that you need. No one is hopeless. No one is hopeless. So we are going to end by talking. uh, I'm going to ask you one more thing about Raphael Sadiq. And this is a question I ask all my guests. So let's say you have someone that has never, ever, 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 ever heard Raphael Sadiq. They've never heard of Tony Tony Tone. They don't know nothing about anniversary. They've never even heard It Feels Good. They don't know. They haven't, wait, they haven't heard anything. They haven't heard Lady. Like they haven't heard anything. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like that's D'Angelo. Like they have not heard anything that has to do with Raphael Sadiq. If you wanted to say, okay, here are three songs that you need to hear that tells you exactly who Raphael Sadiq is, what would those three songs be? You have to listen to Thinking of You. That's a great one. That's a, a great one to his, to introduce yourself to his vocal range and his ad-libs. You have to listen to Lady. It's magical. Yeah, and it speaks to his writing. Is that why you think it speaks to his production Definitely. and his, his influence writing. that way? Okay. And you have to, God, do you have to listen to It Never Rains in Southern California or do you have to listen to Anniversary? I don't know if I can <laughs> Those are two difficult ones. Those are two I don't gotta know pick. if it's an option. Those strings on Anniversary, they, they're, they're pulling me 
Oh my God. Da, na, 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 right? I gotta go with the Marines in Southern California. Hey! California. I haven't seen your face in a year. I can't wait till I get there. Just a kiss and squeeze and hug and girl, you know the rest as they tell me. He never raised in Southern California. That's my second favorite. I'm ten- oh my yeah, god. That's my second favorite Raphael Sadiq Tony Tony Tone song. It's just yeah. Uh, there's so many good things. Yeah. There's some incredible moments in that in that song. There are so many incredible moments in his career. He's just phenomenal. And we're so grateful to be living in a time of Raphael Sadiq and his artistry because it's just. It's Do I get a fourth song so I can say whatever you, you want? You get a third. <laughs> you only get three. It like used it. to be one. It used to be one. So I, I, I'm trying to be fair to people. So it's. <laughs> okay. Can I snatch Lady out and put whatever you want in? You sure can. Okay. All right. Because you, sure you can. can't not have whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, man. What a song. Oh, but then I can't use Lay Your Head on My Pillow either. Okay. I got to stop. <laughs> Mm-mm. Renee, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for being my concert buddy this year. Yes. It was such a beautiful thing to be able to share with you. Um, guys, please, please let everybody know where they can find you, Renee. So you can find me at blackgirllostkeys.com. You can find me on any social media by the use type in Black Girl Lost Keys, you'll find me. So thank you to my guest, Renee Brooks. Thank you so much for chopping it up with me about Raphael City. This episode was produced by Lynn Webb, the Bat Triple at the Bat Base in Philadelphia. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Continue to check it out on Apple Podcasts, now on Pandora, also now on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for subscribing and sharing and hitting me up about the first time you heard your favorite artist. I really, really appreciate you listening. This is Toya Haynes, your host. First time I heard. Bye.